So welcome to Confessions of a Serial Seller. My guest today is a sales coach, speaker, advisor, and sales strategist. I met this guy probably about a year ago now um, in just mixing in the circle of sales greats. And his name was mentioned to me on many occasions, said, you've got to reach out to this guy because he knows, he knows about sales. He's the best-selling author of Selling from the Heart and creator, co-creator of the podcast Selling from the Heart. Larry Levine, welcome to the show, my friend. Tony Morris, what's happening, dude? Mate, it's all happening indoors at the moment. <laughs> I can tell you that much. Oh, <laughs> man. This, I, I tell you what, Tony. Yeah. Setting everything aside, this is testing the internal fortitude of everybody right now. Wow. You know, because I'm used to getting out and about. Yeah. And it's just, it. oh my gosh. But you know what? It, it's the site. It, we, we all have to deal with it, right, Tony? Correct. I mean, I'm doing things that I'm doing things that I never thought I'd do. Like last yesterday, I cleaned the garden shed. And I swear to you, Larry, I didn't even know we had a garden shed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so here's, what, here's what's interesting, Tony. Yeah. I, I always, it, it's amazing what happens, especially over the last 30 days. Yeah is our creative minds have started wandering a lot more than probably usual. Yeah. And I always like asking people, you know, what'd you do over the last 30 days Yeah, that you're doing now that you, that you knew you couldn't do, or you thought you couldn't do months ago. Right. Great. Question. It's really, it's really getting the creative mind flowing. Unreal. A hundred percent. It's uh, I mean, I've created more things for my business in the last two weeks and, and it's weird, you know, you know, my question I could ask myself, did I need a crisis to, to do this? It's uh, in, interesting times. Larry, I always like to start with about you, how you got into the world of sales and, and how selling from the heart was born. But just start, just for my guests, just tell us a snapshot into your world of how sales began. Um, I won't start at a once upon a time because, you know, that that might take a while, Tony. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I, I, I grew up, it, it's, I had a really interesting upbringing. Mm. I grew up, uh, I love my parents. I love them dearly. My dad was a rocket scientist for the United States Air Force. So he was a propeller wow. head. Wow. My dad was an aeronautical physicist. Jesus, and I can't even say that word. I did. Anyway, yeah, it's a mouthful. Hmm. But he, why I say this is because um, I use my upbringing as a launching pad hmm. because my dad had a, a PhD in aeronautical physics yeah. from two Ivy League schools by the time he was 20. Wow. And he had ingrained in us, right, books, 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 learning process and so yeah. forth. Um, not knowing I wanted to get into sales. Hmm. And so what happened was, and I write about it in Selling from the Heart, yeah. is I double, I double majored at the university that I went to here in the United States. Yeah. And I actually wanted to be a pharma rep because my first job in, when I was in high school was in a pharmacy. Right. And I saw, and I saw the life of these you know, pharmaceutical reps coming in, right? Yeah. Nice suits, nice watches, credit cards, taking people to lunch, buying them things. I go, you know, as an impressionable young guy, it was, it was something that I go, man, I'd, I'd love to do this. Yeah. So I yeah. double majored and went through all the on-campus interviews and all that. Couldn't get a job because I didn't have any sales experience. Yeah. 
and I was getting, I was just about, you know, right when I graduated college, I was getting married shortly thereafter. My dad goes, Hey son, you know, you really need to go find a job. Hmm. Yeah. And you can't get married without a job. And so one day I was just talking to my dad and he goes, he was traveling a lot. And he said, Hey, listen, he goes, I was in an airplane. I was sitting next to a guy who worked in the office technology space. Yeah. He told me if your son can last one year in the office technology space, he'd be worth his weight in gold out in the sales world. Mm. So now I'm dating myself. So I picked up the yellow pages at the time. Yeah. Which is, you know, pre-internet, pre-computer for most, most of our listeners. Yeah. And I found the largest ad in the yellow pages. I picked up the phone. I got myself an interview a week later. I'm starting my career. Love that. My career started with one week inside of a room watching videotapes. And that's <laughs> how I was trained. Wow. It was the toughest year that I ever had in my life. Yeah. But I learned a lot. But what really stuck is I was on more dysfunctional teams with more dysfunctional managers yeah. than anything else. But what was ingrained in me through my parents mm. made my career in sales what it is because they ingrained in me a process. Yes. They ingrained in me that I was to take care of me. Yeah. I was in charge of my own education because I grew up with a dad who was an Ivy Leaguer. Yeah. And that's what I brought into the sales world. I started to observe what was going on inside sales teams, yep. what was not, what was happening, what wasn't happening, mm. what good managers were doing versus bad managers. And I kind of packaged it all up in my, mm. and I made it my own. But there's one thing that I did that was completely different than anybody else mm. on any team, Tony, mm. is that once I started to build up a customer base, yep. I started to ask my customers, mm. What would you like to see from me that you possibly aren't getting? And can you share with me some salespeople out there that have just really hit home with you that you can resonate to that have changed your view on sales? Love now, keep that. in mind, Tony, this is late 80s into early 90s. Yeah. And yeah. I'm comfortable in my own skin. I talk about eating vulnerability and critique for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I did that as a young salesperson. Yeah. And what I soon started to realize is my customers were telling me things that were polar opposite of what everybody in sales was doing. Mm, and I said, you know what, you know, I, I'm not going to, a lot of times you see mirror mirroring going on in sales, right? Yeah. Young, impressionable yeah. salesperson who mirrors a, a seasoned tenured sales professional. Yes. I didn't do that. I just, I just did the complete, complete opposite of what every salesperson was doing. Yeah. And I chose to, put the customer front and center of everything that I was doing. Yeah. And, and that's really not knowing that's how selling from the heart was born. Yes. But I did. I, I mean, I was just doing things that were different. Yeah. But, it, but as we fast forward right now, I'm going to fast forward into a good portion of my career. So now I'm a tenured sales rep. Yeah. I was the number one sales guy on my sales team. Yeah. In the Los Angeles marketplace. And I was a little bit cocky, right? Cool. And, 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 I re, and I remember um, I had this meeting. It took me a couple years, right? And, and for all your listeners out there that are in the sales world, you know, you have your dream list of targeted people that you'd yep. really like to get those meetings with. Yeah. Well, that was me. It took me a few years to get this meeting. Yeah. So I walk into this meeting. I'm in my suit and tie. I got my notepad out and a pen and yeah. right. We're all doing the positioning for where we're going to sit and so yeah. forth. Yeah. And I start going into 
my meeting and about six, seven, no more than eight minutes into the meeting, I hear this, Tony. Stop, time out. I have to interrupt you. Yeah. And I'm like going, what the heck is going on, yeah. right? Cool. And all the things that run through your brain in the course of about five seconds. Yeah. And I just being inquisitive, I said, Hey, you know, help me understand what did I just offend you? What did I say? Right. Yeah. I don't think I said anything that would piss you off. Yeah. This is what this chief financial officer said. He goes, Larry, you're the third copier guy who's come in my office in the last week. Mm. He goes, you all walk, talk, and act the same way. Mm. You've, you, you've basically said the, you know, and asked the same set of questions, mm. maybe with a little bit of a different twist. Mm. I had to stop you because I couldn't take it anymore. Wow. And so then all of a sudden I go, holy crap, right? This yeah. is all mentally that's going through my head. Yeah. So, you know, in, in most instances, most salespeople are probably going to close their notebook and politely excuse themselves and go, you know what? done right chalk yeah. it up as a learning experience well i did something completely different yeah i tore a sheet of paper off yeah and i just asked this person can you help me understand what i just did and what what, what could i have done differently Love for 45 that. minutes i never said a word tony That's that cfo that cfo schooled me but what i took right. from that is i went on a lifelong journey after that i shared that story yeah with all of my customers and I got the same responses back that CFO gave me. And I said, you know what? I think sometimes in sales, we get lost, right? When we start yeah. to smell success and so forth, we kind of put off to the, you know, we kind of shove it off to the side, what got us there. Yeah. And that's what happened. It was a good gut check reality. I swallowed a lot of humble pie, but what I learned <laughs> and I swore it would never happen again Yeah. is I was going to make the prospect and I was going to make my customer front and center, everything that I did, I was going to place them up on a silver business platter. Yeah. I was going to show how much I care about them. I was there to help them. It was about yes. them, not me. Yes. And I took, and I took that to heart and, and I was in a crowded marketplace in Los Angeles, California selling copiers. Yeah. And it was that defining moment that really set me on a journey. And that journey was for me just to rediscover who I was internally. Yeah. Yeah. repackage it up and then deliver it in a way that nobody has ever seen before because I place my emotions on my sleeves. That's I amazing. love hugging my customers. I love yeah. crying with my customers. I love telling my customers I love them. Yeah. And, it, and that's what makes me, me. I love but that. It bring, but, it, but it brings some, thank you, Tony. It brings something to the, to the sales profession. Yes. And out there that's sorely lacking. I saw it. Yes. I saw, I saw it firsthand. I lived through it. I've got scabby knees and bloody elbows, just like yeah. everybody else who's been in sales for a long time. But it's what you do. It's what you do with those moments. Yes. That'll either make you or break you. And I, didn't, and, I, and I didn't really know that's how Selling from the Heart was born. Though I didn't call it Selling from the Heart. It was just me throwing it out there. And I write about it in Selling from the Heart. It was just me giving a rip. Yeah. But, I got but I got schooled in order for me to give a rip. It's incredible. What a story and that catalyst. So I'm desperate to hear that CFO who scribbled stuff down for 45 minutes. Can you share with me and the listeners some of the key takeaways that has probably changed the direction of how you've sold forever? Yeah. So, so here's, here's what was interesting. Mm. That person became a customer of mine. Love that. 
And what's really interesting is still to this day we speak. No, really? This person, this person lives in the same city. Wow. I share this story over and over and over again. We laugh about it. We yeah. laugh about it all the time. Yeah. But, but there, it was just the little simple things, right? Yeah. Is the first, th this, is, this is my biggest takeaway. Mm. Is I learned that the first five minutes are the most critical when you're mm. sitting there meeting somebody for the first time. Mm. And what I failed to do in those first five minutes was I failed to show how much I knew about them. Yeah. I failed to show that at least I know something about their industry. Yes. Their initiatives, things like that. Yes. But in those first five minutes, I did what every other salesperson does out there, right? Mm. They start chest puffing and then yeah. they vocalize about how great their company is, their service, their products. They ask preset canned questions. Yeah. And they get, you know, they get what they get. Yeah. That was the biggest thing that I learned from this chief financial officer. Yeah. I love that. I absolutely love that. And you, you said going back, just rewind a sec. You said that, you know, because of your upbringing, you, you sat down, you reflected and shared, you know, you had some observations from what were the top salespeople doing, but then what were the more dysfunctional sales people and sales managers doing? Share with us some of the things you observed that again, still sticks with you today. I, I think that it, oh, I, I talk about it in selling from the heart is I yeah. saw finger pointing and excuse making all over the place. Yeah. Um, it's not my responsibility, right? It's yeah. my company's responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, it's, uh, I'm not going to go ahead and do any self-learning. That's the company. Yeah. When, you know, when, when I didn't hit, I, I saw this all the time, right? When salespeople didn't hit their, whatever their budget number was. Yeah. It was everybody else's fault. Yeah. It was too high. My, my manager it was, said yeah. It too it's high. too high, right? Management's yeah. out of whack. Leaders of the company don't really know they're, in, they're out of touch with reality. Yeah. It, it's just, it's all that. It's the finger pointing and the excuse making. Yeah. That, that is just, it's still rampant today in the sales world. Of course it, was it, is. it was rampant in the late eighties and the nineties and the two thousands. Yeah. The last decade, this decade and forever until forever happens. Yeah. There'll still be excuse making and finger pointing. Totally. So it's about really from what you're saying, it's about ownership. I, I, I fully agree. Yeah. But, but here, but here's the thing. And, and I started to learn this. And, and I, when I got out of corporate sales, mm. uh, five, yeah, about four and a half, five years ago. Yeah. It was my commitment to bring some of the things that I saw going on inside sales teams. Yeah. To life. Right. Yeah. There wasn't enough self-ownership. There wasn't enough self-discipline. There wasn't enough self-accountability. Yeah the training that goes on inside most organizations is subpar. Yes. Um, the consistency around how they deliver it is subpar. Yeah. Um, the results that most organizations get, and I'm not saying all because there's some very, very, very well-run companies out there. Yeah. But a vast majority of companies all over the world just need a dose of reality. Yeah. And all I, all I'm doing now is sharing my stories, sharing my observations all through a practitioner's eyes mm. Mm. of, you know what? 
we got to get back to the root basics yeah. of sales. And I saw, and, we, and I go back because I, I shared about this, Tony, is most of my observations were all around the, the term dysfunctional. Yes. And, and, and here's why I say this, because it's going on right now as we're living through the situation that we're living through right now, yeah. Tony. Yeah. All the training and coaching that I see going on right now. Yeah. Vast majority of it. I'm not saying all vast majority of it is, you know, let's use the time that we're all going through. Yeah. To train our, our sales reps on products and solutions and all that. Well, that's fine. Mm. And I'm not, I'm not discrediting it. None yep. whatsoever. But what I saw back then, when I say back then, when I started and it still holds true today, mm. not one company have I seen that pulls their sales team together and has them start working on themselves. Yeah. Good point. Right. Good point. You, you can, you can have, you can be the best salesperson out there mm. with a vast product knowledge, with vast solutions knowledge, with mm. vast company knowledge. Mm. But if you're broken inside, how effective are you out in the sales world? Yeah, very fair. Very fair. What's your best advice for my listeners or, you know, who might be sales managers, sales leaders to tap into that and, and help their team in that regard? Uh, I'd say this, I, and I, I talk about it in the first three chapters of my book, Tony, mm. is it's tough stuff. The inner work is the toughest stuff to do. Yeah. And, and that means there, there's one word that I'm going to throw out that I think every leader, every manager, every salesperson needs to really, truly digest if they want to improve. Mm. And that's vulnerability. Yeah. And I say this with all sincerity mm. is we got to swallow our pride. We got to swallow our egos. We got to swallow the big braggadocious bravado behavior yeah. that we have inside the sales profession. Yeah. And if we fail to do the inside work, which means every day, right, we spend a little bit of time alone, right? Yeah. And if it doesn't happen, right, if, you're, if somebody's not self-disciplined to do that by themselves, then maybe they go out and find somebody that can help coach them along the way. Yeah. But I'd urge leaders inside companies yes. to, lead, to lead, right? And I always say this, it's those leaders that coach, lead, nurture from the heart yeah. will develop a team that sells from the heart. Yeah. This is the perfect, this is the absolute perfect time mm. for leaders to roll up their sleeves yeah. and say, how can I help you become the best version of yourself during the situation that we're all going through? That's such have, a them question. have them reflect, right? Have them reflect on who they are. Yeah. Why the, you know, why them, right? And it's, it's just getting back to it's getting back to the core roots of everything and it all starts inside of us. And that's what, that's anything that I'd offer right now Yeah, is this is the perfect time that's to bring the best version of yourself to the marketplace. A hundred percent. I love that. I love that question that every sales leader listening to this needs to embrace. I want to, I want to ask you, you mentioned a really good point earlier. You know, when you had that changing moment, that catalyst with that CFO, you know, you said, you understood it's about putting customers on that silver plateau. And I couldn't agree with you more. If there were two or three other top tips, Larry, that you could share from either your previous success or what you've learned from some of the great salespeople 
that you surround yourself with, what would they be? Um, one is always ask for help. Yeah. And, you know, we, we go back, so I, you just brought it up and I'll say it again is I've learned and I still do it to this day. I place my clients up on a silver business platter. Yeah. It's all about them. Yeah. And it's that givers give mentality. Mm. And, and, and we use these things. Here's another tip that, I, that I'd share with people is they got to really understand and swallow this word servant. Mm. Mm. how many leaders and how many salespeople are leading their sales life are leading with heart are being a servant or there to serve their customers mm. because we all we hear this all the time i'm here to be of service we provide great service yes well to me service is is 100 in my mind service is reactionary yeah Salespeople and leaders and managers are reacting to a situation. Mm. There's a tip that I could provide anybody right now. Mm. Flip it around. Digest what it means to serve. It's purely proactive and it's all offensive. I'm here to serve you, Tony. How can I help you do better business? Yes. How can I help you by introducing you into somebody that's in my network that may help you do better business in areas that I can't? Brilliant question. And, it, and it's just, it's just the simple things, yeah. but the simple things are the most difficult things. Yeah. And I, and I, and I, and I say, this is the more, the more you get to know your customer, yeah. the better off you'll be. Yeah. And and I, means, yeah. What's go, that? Go. Carry on. No, I was, I was just going to say, um, sorry about that. I was just, I was just going to say something real quick is I, I would urge salespeople and their leaders, mm. if you truly want to get to know your customer and you truly want to get to know where the relationship's at and what's going on, mm. you got to rip the Band-Aid off. And the Band-Aid off, when I say that, mm. is you got to rip off what you think's going on versus yeah. what's really going on and you got to ask. Yes. What do you do though? What I was going to say, Larry, is some of my clients I've got the most incredible relationship with. I, I know them on a personal level because I've shared and they've shared. But conversely, I've got clients that just won't open up and, and they treat our relationship very much business relationship. And I'm almost scared to probe and try and get to know them on that level. What, what's, and I'm sure a lot of my listeners have, you know, that will resonate with them. What's your suggestion there? You know, this, I mean, it's interesting you say that because I would always ask why, right? Mm. That, that, that's my first response mm. to everything. When I hear somebody say, well, this situation is happening, or for instance, Tony, this is what you just said, right? Mm. I'd say, well, why? You know, tell me why that's happening. Mm. But I always say this, right? The stories in our head are the stories that we tell. Yes. And I'm a firm believer that business, especially today, business yeah. is personal. Yeah. And it's this, it, and it's what, it's all these things that we conjure up in our head, right? Mm. I res, I'll respect the fact that somebody wants to keep it business professional. I'm all about that. Yeah. But you know what? Mm. That person has a personal life. Yeah. I'm in my heart. 
it's up to me as a sales professional that urge the people listening to your show, Tony. Yeah. It's up to you to work on the relationship in the world that I live in, which is kind of crazy, right? It's just mm. the crazy things that go on inside my head mm. is it's my responsibility. It's not theirs. Yes. It's my responsibility to build that relationship. It's my responsibility to do all these things, but it's that givers give servant hearted mentality that I live with. Yes. And will sometimes will it bite me in the butt? Of course. Right. Yeah, it will, but that's okay. Yeah. It's the risk reward. Yeah. That's but, but it's, it's those things, you know, and, and it's, it's so interesting. Can I share a quick story? Please. I, I remember this goes back in my, you know, younger days when I was in the office technology space, I did a lot of work in the educational sector. Yeah. Within the office technology space. Well, um, y'all know what purchasing agents are, right? Yeah. So this purchasing agent had moved from school district to school district. Yeah. And carried that reputation around. That reputation is right. All business. No one can really get to know this person. And he came with that. Yeah. Reputation. Yeah. And then he comes to the school district in my city and I go, uh Oh, you know, what's going to happen here? Am I going to face the same thing that I've been hearing from other people in other school districts? Yeah. It took me a while, but you know what? It's the simple act of kindness. It's the mm -hmm. simple act of respect. It's the simple act of showing how much you appreciate somebody. It's the simple things like, thank you. Yes. And then it breaks down that barrier. And, and uh, quite frankly, it's the mental barrier. I think sometimes mm. is, oh, this person just wants to keep it business. Yes. Okay. Well, have you bothered to put forth the effort to see if you can move it past business? Mm. That's a good point. That's a really good point. No, I love that. I, I, want to, I want to ask you in, in the time we've got left, what, if you think throughout your career, Larry, what's the sale? that you're probably most proud of and that maybe taught you the most? It, it, it goes back about, actually it's, wow, I'm looking at the date. It's 10 years ago last month. Yeah. Um, probably my, it, at that time, it was my most rewarding sale. It was my, it was the largest sale I made at that time. Yeah. And what, it was was, a hot, what was that? What was it? What was the sale? It was, it was a it was a hospital. Yeah. And what it took me two and a half years yeah. of interviews, research, building enough information about that hospital. Yeah. That made it rewarding because when it was all said and done, mm. I knew more about the inner workings of that hospital than they did. Amazing. Which was interesting as it relates to the technology they were using. Yeah. I knew more about what was going on than their current vendor did. Wow. Because I made it a point to understand. I made it a point to learn. It's that curiosity that, that set me on my course to really land this account. Yes. But re what really made it special and what really it stuck out for them is it took me 30 days to implement this solution. Right. And for 30 days, I lived at that hospital, Monday through Saturday, getting everything set up. When I say live, right? I mean, you understand, I didn't yeah. actually live there, but yeah. I was there for yeah. a vast majority of every day, six days a week for the whole month of March. And this goes yeah. back 2010. Yeah. 
but what it but what it showed it yeah. showed everybody inside that hospital that I cared about it I just didn't care about to the point where we got the deal signed yeah. I actually cared about the most important part of this and that was furthering and growing the relationship once they committed to doing business with me amazing I love that and I guess it's that dedication and the fact that you put in all that hard work prior before they were even a customer of yours you know as you said you knew more than they their incumbent vendor knew right yeah and and, and and this is why it's a polite way but I think you can I, I think everybody's going to read between what I just what I'm going to say yeah it's the simple art of giving a rip and I'm being polite because we can replace the word rip with something else yeah but I think you understand is it, it, it's just a simple thing. Right. It, yeah. And I'm, I'm not bringing any, I don't have a doctorate in anything, right? I don't have a doctorate in psychology or human behavior or anything like that. I always tell people I got a PhD from getting the crap kicked out of me selling <laughs> copiers in downtown LA my whole life. Yeah. It's the simple act of caring. It's the simple act of giving a rip. And I say this because people smell it, sense yeah. it, yeah. Hear it, see it, observe it. Yeah. It's that sixth sense that a lot of people have. Yeah. And it's time that the sales profession wakes up mm. and says, you know what? If I'm going to be viewed differently out there, yeah. then yeah. I have to do things differently. Totally. It's not my sales leader's responsibility. It's not my manager's responsibility. It's mine. Yes. And until salespeople come to the realization and own their career, yeah. they'll never fully, fully get what it means to be a sales professional. Because in my world, sales professionals own their career mm. and sales reps are renting. I love that. I think that's so key. Larry, that's absolute gold. And I love it. I, lo I love the insight to selling from the heart and how the journey began, you know, began for you. Where can my listeners access your book, your podcast and some of the great content I know you put out there? Uh, uh, thanks. Yeah, you can, I mean, you could go to sellingfromtheheart.net. Yeah. You can learn all about what we do at selling from the heart. Uh, you can find the selling from the heart podcast on any of your favorite podcast apps. Brilliant. You can find me all over LinkedIn. You can find me all over Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can find Selling from the Heart on Amazon and on Audibles and on iTunes. Amazing. Larry, thank you so, so much for giving me up your time and, and sharing your story. It's been uh, so useful. And I know my audience have taken, will take so much from this. So thanks for your time. And, and I wish you all the best and, and stay, self, stay safe and healthy in these crises we're now in. No, my pleasure, Tony. Look forward to the next time. Thanks, Larry. Keep well. You're welcome. Cheers.